It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Bucks, Commanders, and Falcons are all 2-0. How does that impact our NFC landscape? We're stacking up the NFC with our power rankings today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's What's better than this? this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. Hello. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Joe, NFC Power Rankings today. Um, this conference, for me, got turned on its head for the second consecutive week because it's the wild, wild west. It's <laughs> there's Now, there's a western division, which is probably the least compelling of the four divisions, ironically, for me to call it the wild, wild west, but... You got the NFC South with three 2-0 teams in it. You got three undefeated teams in the NFC East. The NFC North is kind of going to be the the Royal Rumble division, it feels like, from a competitiveness standpoint. So there's a lot of interesting storylines here. I feel like the top three are the top three. You can debate the order. But then maybe the next 10, I don't know. Oh, yeah. So if you told me that you had the realistically, how far down this list could I go? The seventh team in the four spot, I'd believe you. Sure. But then like you could get to like the 10th team and say you had them sixth or fifth and I'd I'd believe you there, too. So let's make some people happy and some people mad here. We have not compared notes. Never do. We largely were chalk in the top tier and the bottom tier yesterday with the AFC. We were pretty chalk through the top seven in the NFC last week, with the exception of who we had as the first overall team. We had them flip-flopped. And then we were in lockstep for like the bottom four teams. So I expect the same. I could tell you that my top team in the NFC Last week was the Dallas Cowboys, and this week will remain to be the Dallas Cowboys. They're finally coming through for you. I feel like you've been on Dallas for like three years, and this is kind of like I think the team you envisioned them being, and they are. All we needed was Mike McCarthy to be the play call. Yeah, you're you're just a year. You've been a couple of years ahead on the Dallas stuff. Um, I understand you keeping them at number one, um, but I'm keeping my number one at number one, which is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I don't know. I, I think you can really understand either team being in that spot 
Um, both teams have been dominant. Both teams are playing unbelievable on defense. I think probably the Dallas has been better on defense. That's certainly a, a better, uh, a, a reasonable take there. But I don't know something about this 49ers offense and the way they run the football and the way that they get these weapons going. I just kind of really dig it. So I'm sticking with them at number one. Yeah, I think they're they are a coin toss right now, especially because you know Brock Purdy's been what they hoped he would be. And with a little bit less intrigue there as far as what's that going to look like, yeah. that really helps their their case in their resume. I have San Francisco at two. Uh, you alluded to at the very top of the show that it's kind of a clear three. I think we both agree the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, defending NFC champions, 2-0, kind of herky-jerky at times, but taking care of business, obviously very physically talented. Uh, they check in at three. A little worried about the injuries there. Uh, did you see the stat last year that, like, Philly never had a game in which they had lost like two scheduled starters like all year yeah. last year. That's helpful. That's helpful in going to the Super Bowl, right? Right. Yeah. Well, it was week two and they'd already like surpassed yeah. the number of starters that were out for a game. Yeah, I think Philly's three. Like I that's not no disrespect. I just I don't know that they're right now at least playing like the 49ers and Cowboys. I, I really appreciated how they were able to kind of get out of a rut, it felt like against Minnesota, leaning into that run game and then just being able to dominate with that offensive line and DeAndre Swift going through and having, what, 175 yards, the most for an Eagles back since 2013. You know, it's nice to see that. But at the same time, you know, I'm not sure their pass coverage is looking strong at all, like at all, right? I'm concerned about it. I'm sure James Bradbury being injured hurts. That doesn't help. But I just, I don't know. There's a little bit more chinks in the armor with Philly than uh, the top two teams. And also like a low-key thing, Eagles special teams isn't looking that good to me. I know that Jake Elliott's a good kicker, but like Stipros is a disaster as at punter. The return situation has been dicey for a while. And I, you know, when you're talking about separating top teams, you're looking for X factors. And I don't love the way Philly plays special teams. And then you also have the injuries kind of up the middle with N'Kobe Dean and, and Reed Blankenship getting banged up as starters that, were really looking to prove themselves in the first place to be what you thought they could be based off some promising flashes. Yeah. So all that adds up to Philly for, for three. Here's where things get interesting. The four spot. I got a two and O team here. I don't, you don't, you have the saints. Don't you? I do have the new Orleans saints. I moved them. They were originally five. Then they kind of snuck by in week one. What eked out a one point win. Then I they, they come back the following week, and the defense just is playing really well. So I'm giving credit where credit's due for how well that defense is playing New Orleans. I had them six last week. They're up to four this week. They're moving up two spots. I had the Saints at five. Um, okay. So we're not we're not far off there. But like the drop-off is big, right? Can we just acknowledge that right here? Yes. Like, Carr certainly not settled in yet, right? I, I think that's fair to this point. Um the running back situation is going to be really weird now with Jamal's, Jamal's hurt. And yeah. It's Tony James. And I don't know. It's their guard play. Hasn't been good. Penning hasn't been good to this point. Defensively. I love what they're doing, man. Demario Davis is one of my favorite players in the league. He's been for a while. And I feel like maybe people finally are knowing this. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. I love what they have on defense, but I think offensively they need to find themselves. Hasn't cost them yet. Right. There's to be understood. Derek Carr, new, new situation. Um, some of your key pieces have not been available for you. I, I understand them being at four. I have them at five, so it's it's close, but the drop-off from three to four is, feels so big to me. There's there's going to be a, a gut check for New Orleans, too, because they're in Green Bay, mm-hmm. and then they host the Bucks, which is a tough defense for that. Yeah. Take the under on that game, right? Yeah. 
and then at New England. Mm. So you get some the tough defenses, defenses yeah. for, for that offense. You know, there were a couple big plays in the second half of the game in week two, which kind of felt like maybe we can build on one to Shahid. They hit one to yeah. Chris Olave. Shahid makes Ooh, plays, bro. That. 22 out there. Player. I like him. Fun player. He's fun I like player. him. So I wonder if I wonder if my four is your five. Uh it's not. I'm guessing you have the Green Bay Packers still. You have the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Seattle. Okay. I'm back in. I'm back in, baby. Um, <laughs> let me down big time in week one. You kind of got romped by the Rams, right? It's like, oh no, like maybe this is not a thing. But come on, man. Showing some resiliency week over week. Finally, like they kind of had their swagger back against the Lions. Let's go. Putting them back in the four spot. How concerned are you with the defensive performance, though? I've been concerned about Seattle's defense for the last year, when they last year as well. I mean, I'm very concerned about it, especially okay, with I'm, some injuries. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, 31st in yards and 29th in points through two weeks. I get it. I get it. 61 points allowed. But I feel like if and, and I was thinking to myself, if Seattle and New Orleans played at a neutral site, which team do I think would win? I felt like Seattle would, and that's what that's what made me separate it. At okay. least right now, at okay. least right now. So I have Seattle at six. Mm. I'm giving some flowers to a team that I already owe an apology to, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. Oh wow, you are just you are you're going to be good friends with the Falcons and the Titans fans, and they're going to hate me. Well, this Arthur Smith ball, man. You saw Bijan have those carries, just twitching people out of his minds, and you're like, put them in the Two top five. Now. Two weeks now, I mean, can't throw the football people. whatsoever. You're right. They can't. And if they ran the ball every time with Bijan Robinson and didn't waste half their carries, they wouldn't have to. <laughs> we'll see, man. They wouldn't Obviously. have to. Look, the defense, respect the way the defense plays. Jesse Bates has been a home run acquisition for them. Opportunistic, winning that game against Green Bay, uh, against a team that, that I think is, in spite of the change of quarterback with, with Jordan Love, I think they're a more multifaceted team. Now, they caught Green Bay on a break without Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Watkins, Aaron Jones. Like you, I didn't I, have to say it. That's where I was going to go, but you, you brought I, it up. Now, what does the win column say? Yeah, I get it. I get it. They got two wins. Let's play we're them not, all and see not, what happens. We're not going to apologize for wins, right? That's what Mike Tomlin said after Monday Night Football with perhaps the ugliest fourth quarter and a fourth quarter comeback in the history of mankind in the entire game of football. I feel like but, Mike Tomlin said that a few times over the years. Yeah, well, he's not wrong. <laughs> Right at the end of the day, you lace them up, and and there's going to be a game that comes down the stretch where Atlanta's going to be missing some critical guys. And I mean, they were already without Cordell Patterson as like what, probably the third most used weapon in the offense behind Algier and Bijan Robinson. In spite yeah. of spending top ten picks on those other guys that that they just don't want to use. Or um, Ritter's got a little gamerness to him, so I I appreciate what they've done. The fact that they're two and zero, and I had them eight last week. I'm giving them an acknowledgement as a team that that found a way to pull off a tough win. All right, so I have it: 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, Saints. You have it: Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles, Saints, Falcons. Top five. All right, we got the rest of the NFC to get to here in just a moment. But first, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Weeks. Chiefs second-year running back Isaiah Pacheco hasn't delivered much to his fantasy football managers yet this season, but be sure to roll him out of the garage for plenty of production on the ground, cleaning up against a bad Bears defense overall 
in week three. Pacheco should break some chunk runs with an excellent shot to score to provide punctuation in a home blowout. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, Joe. Um, Sixth spot is where I have Seattle. So we've already kind of talked about that team. The question that I have is obviously the defensive performance. Now you caught McVay with four months, eight months, seven months. I heard about that last year in week one, but you know. Yeah. No comment. I I heard about it last week, last year, week one, (laughs) 31 to 10 win. I seem to remember. Well, the Buffalo Bills are not the Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) Um, and, And then. You know, Seattle against Detroit in Detroit home opener, Ben Johnson, high powered up. Like I get it, but I want to see the switch flip a little bit before I put him back in the stratosphere where I originally had him. Cause I originally, when we did this for week one, I had Seattle at four, just like you did. So we were of the same mind. I just want to see the defense kind of get its footing a little bit. All right. So we're here for the number six spot. And didn't you already reveal who your six is? I just did Seattle, Seattle. That's right. Six for me is Detroit. Um, Losing to Seattle, so of course I have Seattle ahead of them, but winning that game against Kansas City, haven't forgotten about it. Um, I just, it's it's more about what I think the Lions can be moving forward and less about what the teams that I have below them have shown me to this point. I hope that makes sense. And I, I, I could be wrong about all of this for sure, but the Lions have the... Highest quality win, probably of any team in the NFC going and winning in Kansas City. I know that there were some circumstances there, but I'm still, I'm still in. I'm still in. Number six for me. Okay, so seven and eight for me, and I'm packaging them both because Detroit's in this group. Last week I had Green Bay at four and Detroit at five. Both teams lost. I keeping the same synergy, especially like. If Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones and Christian Watson go, I would still pick Green Bay right now to win a head-to-head game. So because of that, I have Green Bay at seven and Detroit at eight. And they are like coin toss. Now, if you're accounting for the health on game day and you asked me on game day if they were playing each other, my answer would probably be dependent on how complete Green Bay is. Because I think Green Bay does have the ability look. A little worried about A.J. Dillon. I kind of get why maybe that team was sniffing around Jonathan Taylor a little bit. A.J. Dillon does not look great thus far this season. But with Aaron Jones, a complete offensive line, I think the passing game, I think I think they're just a little bit more well-rounded from a personnel standpoint offensively than what Detroit is. And I, I like their defense better, too. So my 7, 8, and 8 are two teams we've already discussed. 7 is Green Bay for me. 8 is Atlanta. And so, okay. so I'm just – teams in the top Hey, eight. listen – Atlanta rose four spots for me, right? So they're gaining my respect, but mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I'm not crowning them yet. That's where I'm. That's where I'll say it. There. I mean, 
Green Bay had a chance to win that game, right? The guy didn't catch it was two ray drops the pass. We'll see. Fourth down. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Squeaking by Carolina, who looks like a disaster. They need three turnovers to win that tight game, you know? Yeah, I get it. I'm just I'm not I'm not there yet. I get it. I love Bijan. I, mean, I do. They're up they're up four spots. So I mean yeah. there's for you from last week. So that's that's credit where credit's due. So now we have the same eight teams in the top eight, just different order, right? Right. And no no team is in the same spot for both of us, four through eight. Correct. This is a testament to the chaos that is the Wild Wild West of the NFC. I would be surprised if we don't have the same two teams to finish the top 10. Ooh, uh, I'll take that bet. I don't think we do. One of them is the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, so far so good. I have them at number nine. I have them at number 10. Okay. Why don't you tell me who your number nine team is or your number 10 team is? My 10 team is Tampa. My nine team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, so you knew and I didn't. So We didn't compare notes, though, so I didn't no. know. It was just a gut feeling. Uh, both teams exceeding my expectations to this point. Uh, both quarterbacks playing a lot better than I anticipated, especially Baker Mayfield, right? I mean, yes, playing good ball through two weeks. Mike Evans looking like Mike Evans. Being able to overcome any offensive line concerns to this point that we thought they would have. Obviously, defensively, we expected them to have quite the punch there, and they played two games and won them both, so give them credit. Now, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves with the offensive line concerns because they played Minnesota and Chicago. Which is terrible defensive lines. Correct. Yeah. So, congrats, Tampa. On Monday night, you play Philadelphia. We'll find out just about the offensive line in about five days. Yeah. We'll have a little bit more clarity on what that offensive line situation is like. But uh, I agree with you as far as the, the play of Baker Mayfield. has been awesome. 70% of his passes he's completing. Um, only taking one sack. Exciting. I think that that's, this has been good personnel to mesh with what Baker wants to do as a pla- as a passer. So I think there's some stuff that's in line here that uh, Tampa can get pretty excited about. And then obviously they have the, the defensive talent that they do as well, which is going to keep them in games and kind of it's, it's the inverse for LA where you've seen McVay has kind of lifted some stuff from his buddies across the league to maximize Tutu Atwell has been like a really productive player through the first two weeks. Puka Nakua, Matthew Staff. Some, some of us expected Puka Nakua to do this. Oh yeah. I mean, imagine being surprised Puka Nakua is balling out, but, and all of this effectively with the ghost of a run game at their disposal. A but complete ghost. Kyron Williams, Tutu Atwell, and Puka Nakua. Come on. Are, are we serious? At least it's not Ben Skarani. Dude, like, <laughs> but that says so much about, I mean, like, those aren't terrible football players, but those aren't, like, guys that you'd expect to be feature components well, at this point for a McVay offense, but they're balling. Stafford and McVay. Balling, it's the scheme. And they're, they're, they're really doing a nice job. And so I think L.A.'s offense – uh, especially in comparison to the rest of the teams that are in the bottom six, LA's offense and Tampa's defense, I think are, are units you can hang your hat on and feel like you're going to be really competitive and you're playing the teams that below you in the power rankings. I think it gives you a really good chance to win the game. All right. So I have six lions, seven Packers, eight Falcons, nine Rams, 10 Buccaneers. I have six Seahawks, seven Packers, which we have in the same spot, eight lions, nine Buccaneers, 10 Los Angeles Rams. All right, the bottom part of this conference is coming up here in just a moment. But first, 
need to tell you about Prize Picks. You got to check out Prize Picks. It's the funnest, easiest, fastest way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is incredible. It's not you versus thousands of other players, including pros, including sharks. It's you against the numbers. All you do is you select two or more players. You pick more or less on their projected stats. You place your entry. That's it. Doesn't take long. You can make your picks in under a minute. And when you win, the withdrawals are super easy and super quick. They even have Apple Pay on there for an opportunity to withdraw. Love watching football. Love it even more. When I get a chance to have a prize picks entry going into games, it just makes it that much more exciting. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use our promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Folks, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. Just a $5 bet gets you $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So tomorrow when Kyle and I are back and we're picking all the games, you can go to FanDuel, you can listen to our analysis, see what you like, and you can put down some bets on maybe some of these spreads that you enjoy. And check out the player props. Those are so fun. I always enjoy those so much. So check it out. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. The bottom six, Jill. This is... I took the low-hanging fruit with 11. I don't know about you. You put the 2-0 team in at, at number 11, didn't you? I did. Now, I had them 15 last week, but they played the team that was ranked 16 and snuck out a win. I don't know. It was, what, 21-3, 18-point comeback win against the Denver Broncos? And yeah. look, Den- Denver's, you go back to week one, we both had Denver ranked 12th in the AFC. So you acknowledge the, the quality of the win, but in the same way, as me putting Atlanta at five to keep the same energy of like the wing columns, the wing column. I think there's enough there and the doing enough with the offensive scheme that I want to give them their flowers a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, so I move them up to 11. I got the commanders there as well. Um, same thought process, chase young back sack and a half. They have 10 sacks through two games. So good for them. Yeah. Uh, seven of them coming against Denver. Um, the offensive line has played a lot better than anticipated to this point, right? I think that's been a bright spot for them. Obviously, Sam Howell um, not playing bad. Eric Bieniemy's got him going a little bit right now. He's certainly got some confidence. A big test. They host the Bills on Sunday. Uh, so we'll find out a little bit more about Washington, but two wins to start the year. Again, tight wins against Arizona and Denver, but two wins to start the year. So then we have... The next five teams, I put the team with the most talent at 12. Okay. Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> okay. I don't have Minnesota at 12. Oh, how do you not have the Minnesota Vikings at 12? Go ahead. Um, yeah. I, I, you're, the next two are the Giants and Vikings. Okay. I think that's – I would be surprised if you didn't have it in that. I have the New York Giants at 13, yes. Yeah, so I have it I have it Vikings and then Gi- – or excuse me, Giants and Vikings. Vikings. I don't know, man. Um, both both the the overachieving teams of 2022. 
funny how that works, isn't it? Um, but they went different ways, right? Minnesota was kind of realistic about it and reset a little bit, and the Giants kind of just leaned into what they had going on. Um, I'm concerned about them both. Uh, Minnesota just defensively, I, I Flores is going to give them their best chance, I think. But like sometimes they just, you just gotta, they don't have the horsepower. Yeah, right? you got to have dudes, right? You got to have players. And right now, that defensive line, I mean, I feel like teams are going to run it down their throat until they prove that they can't. And then I don't really think they have the secondary to match up with a lot of teams. So I'm concerned about them. I, I like Kirk. I mean, expect respect him. I like the, you know, the the Jordan Addison, what he's shown that touchdown he had, I think a lot of people tweeted it out against Philly. It's like, Oh, that was the Pittsburgh version of Jordan Addison. And right. that was really fun. And we know what Justin Jefferson is like that offense is going to give him a chance. You know, it's interesting. They brought in Dalton Risner. Maybe they've seen enough of Ed Ingram there at guard. I would imagine you have seen enough of Ed Ingram. <laughs> so like I, I have optimism there, but I don't know, like, is it weird to think that maybe the giants have a more complete team despite not really loving what they have? That's kind of what I'm leaning into. Okay. Okay. I see what you did here. I don't agree with it, but I see what you did here. I would take the Giants defensive personnel over Minnesota's defensive personnel. I would comfortably take Minnesota's. And I ask myself, what is more sustainable? Tampa or Minnesota turned it over seven times in two games. They're minus six turnover differential. And four of them were fumbles they, against right. the, the Eagles. Kirk didn't even throw a pick. They turned it over right. four times. Kirk has one pick in two games, and they have seven turnovers. That's so corny. It's brutal. <laughs> That's so corny, so dude. That, that for me is it's like, okay, I think they comfortably have better offensive personnel. They have better offensive line. They have the most elite player in Justin Jefferson. They get a better quarterback. I would just go Minnesota over the two. Now, I don't think it gets particularly better for Minnesota because they have charters. At Carolina, okay. Kansas City. At Chicago, okay. San Francisco. At Green Bay. At Atlanta. Gets you through week nine. This is probably a six-loss team. I I don't know if this is a good process or not also, but... I had the Giants above Minnesota thinking about the playoff game as well. Oh, you got to let that go now. I'm just looking for reasons. I'm (laughs) I'm just looking for reasons, right? But Uh, Andrew Thomas Dingo last week, Saquon Barkley ankle sprain, going to miss a little bit of time. Not great. They're they're on the rocks. And, oh, by the way, you got San Francisco tomorrow night. In San Francisco? That don't look good, man. No. So anyway, here's Wonderwall. Um, 14, I have the Carolina Panthers. Yep. We they talk about go- a banged-up football team, right? Yeah. Jason Horn's on the shelf. Shaq Thompson's out for Dude. the season. Thompson, Both guards, right? Brady Christensen's out for the year. We know uh, Corbett, when's he coming back? Christmas time? Yeah. I mean, come on. Those are like core veterans of this operation. Yeah. And meanwhile, like their offense is just not there right now. They're, they're not playing good football. They don't have it. They don't have any dynamic weapons. That's not Miles Sanders, and they don't have the complete offensive line to actually block for him anyway. Dude, I, not good. It's just not. It doesn't look good to me. And defensively, Bryce, it looks Bryce pretty is, good. Bryce is figuring out that defenders in the NFL are, are faster and stronger and longer than. I know you play in the SEC, but yeah. it's still different. What did I say about him? I said he, he held on to the football for three point over three seconds at Alabama. 
I said that cannot work in the NFL. And everybody's talking about processing pre-snap. This guy's just an elite talent in that regard. What are we talking about? What evidence do you have of that so far this season? But also, he held over on the ball for over three seconds at Alabama. It's showing up right now. Like these concerns were right there in the evaluation. And for you to wean him off of this, you need you need early separators. You need the same the same conversation that happened with the Miami Dolphins and Tua when he first got there, and he's throwing to Devontae Parker and Preston Williams and all these slugs outside. Like it's a one for one conversation. Yeah, I like that. I like so, that a lot. Carolina, you want your blueprint? Look at the kinds of players that Miami got because you have to break Bryce. Bryce was much more prone of this, or I don't want to. He was much more prone to do this than Tua was with the extended plays and running around and making stuff happen because he is a better athlete than Tua. Who's who's the uh, the Dolphins? Who's the McDaniel disciple? Right? Who's the guy that's going to get hired away from this staff? Right? It's going to happen. Probably, right? probably Bevel. Really? Passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach. Frank Smith's got an offensive line background. Mm. He's the OC. You know that's coming, right? That's got to happen. And I well, didn't think about it until this moment, but I'm like, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. They have to go down this path. But they're not on this path. They have Thomas Brown's a McVay disciple, right? I right. mean, right. So I don't think it'll be Carolina that does it, but it, no. that's, that's, the, that's the personnel blueprint Carolina's going to have to go to is exactly they're the nowhere close, Kyle. No, they're nowhere close. Nowhere close. How did you get Waddle and Hill? How do you do that? Draft, draft Xavier Worthy in the. I mean, do they even have the picks? Did, I, no, they don't have the picks. They don't have the picks. What's the path? Trade Brian Burns. Do the uh, Larry Tunsil thing. Trade Brian Burns. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, that, that's that's a week's worth of content that you can go yeah. through. But it's it's that's the issue with Carolina is I'm watching Bryce and him constantly getting out the pocket and moving to his right and not being able to make quick decisions as good of an anticipator as he may or may not be. Nobody's open, so you can't get the ball out. I did, I'm sure you saw the stat. Like he's like at the top of the charts for a percentage of throws that are accurate throws, but the percentage of throws that are like why considered open throws in the NFL. Like the Panthers are dead last. The 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 big ticket can't be T Higgins here, right? That's my concern. T Higgins, yeah. That's gonna yeah, be the big ticket. That that's a different stylistic player than what I would pursue. Mm. You know who'd be great in that offense is DJ Moore. <laughs> I don't want to rub salt in the wound, but <laughs> brother, I'm not even a Panthers fan, and that hurt. That hit me. <laughs> Hopefully, Panthers fans didn't yeah. make it this far into the episode. Uh, 15 and 16 Bears Cardinals. Bears the only Card- reason the Bears aren't 16 is because the Cardinals exist. Correct, and the Cardinals are openly doing the thing. That's why they're. That's why the Bears aren't last. Yeah. I mean, what is there to say? The, 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 things are not going well in Chicago. Um, the offense looks terrible. Darnell Wright's not handling speed, which surprise. Um, all defensively is terrible. All you do is watch one rep of tape that wasn't Will Anderson in a four eye. <laughs> um, it was a concern. Injuries as well to the offensive line. Braxton, uh, who's the who's the left tackle? Braxton Jones. Yeah, he's not playing to the standard he set last year. Up. Yeah, none of that helps. Um, and then, I mean, 
I don't know. I think defensive football starts up front with your D line, and they had an unserious defensive line going into the season. So consider me unsurprised. Cardinals, you're dumpster fire. You're 16. Correct. So I have Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles, Saints, Falcons, top five, Seahawks, Packers, Lions, Bucks, Rams, next five, Commanders, Vikings, Giants, Panthers, Bears, Cardinals to close. 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks, Saints, my top five. Next five for Lions, Packers, Falcons, Rams, Bucks. Then I go Commanders, Giants, Vikings, Panthers, Bears, Cardinals. We will see what week three brings. We have an all NFC matchup on Thursday night football. We have uh, a match of undefeateds on Monday night football in the NFC. So a little bit more clarity coming for teams trying to jostle for position. We're excited to see what that brings. We'll make all our picks tomorrow on the show. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you guys checking out Locked On NFL Scouting. Make it a great rest of your hump day. We'll be back. Talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.